I'm like, hey, what's up? Hello, seen your pretty ass soon as you came in the dough. I just wanna chill, got a sack for us to roll. Married to my money, introduced her to my stove. Showed her how to whip it, now she remixing for love. She my trap queen, better hit the bindo. We be counting up, watch out for them bands go. We just set a goal, talking matching Lambos. Got 50, 60 grand, 500 grand stuff. <laughs> <laughs> now I know the track. I heard yeah. it. That was a great version of it. That's good. That was great. That was yeah. beautiful. Thank you. You sing that to your daughter all the time? I used That used to be like a lullaby that really, I would sing yeah? to her. You're a ringer. You're you're probably part of the top ten now. On, on oh yeah, because oh, yeah, we've we've had some bad singers. I'm not saying who. I'm just <laughs> saying they admit to being a bad singer. No, that was good. Thank you very much, Bethany. Mm, Honestly, you. this is going to be an interesting show. So we've got Bethany King here, and we're going to be talking a little bit of real estate. Yeah. A little bit of social media. A little bit of TikToking. Like mm-hmm. a little bit of everything, kind of thing. Just kind of talking about how you got to where you got to yeah, and how it's working for you business-wise because this is really important that you basically are using for social media for the purpose of business instead of just the wasteful purpose of social media. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> so let me let me share the detail to everybody here. So Bethany King is here and the company's called, what is it, C21? Yeah, Century 21. Oh, so you're with, okay, Century 21 Millennium. And then it's, uh, the website is www.king-realestate.ca and the email is bethany at king-realestate.ca. Yep. Now on Instagram and TikTok, it's Bethany X King. Yeah. Perfect. And off mic, you were saying that it sounds kind of... Kind of sounds kind of nasty. <laughs> like, who has X in their name? Yeah, you got X-Men. You got all kinds of X. Everybody's X. I know, but what else is X? X? You need two more Xs to make it X-rated, <laughs> or so, so to speak, right? No, you got one X. You still got to work your way up to two more Xs. Okay. No, it's not X-rated at okay. all. Where do you want to begin? Where do you want to start? How did you get into real estate? I got into real estate because I was just so tired of being broke. (laughs) (laughs) What were you doing before it? I actually worked in the government for Service Canada. Before that, I went to school for fashion. I did really well with that. Just being a millennial in this economic landscape, working one single corporate job, especially as a single mom, would never afford me to buy a house. So I was like, let me get into real estate just to figure out how to buy a house for myself. How long ago is this that you got into real estate? Like about five years. Okay, so relatively new, but just enough experience that you know what's going on now. Yeah. So in five years, you, you, you left a secure, I guess, government job? Yeah. Boring? Boring, pension, but secure. benefits. Secure. Yep. <laughs> secure. Yep. Right? Indeterminate. Yeah. But you weren't driven for that security. You were driven no. for other kinds of security. I was driven, yeah. I mean, just for the the bare basics living here, right? Our cost of living is so high. We're so. one of one of the highest in the entire yeah. world. Not yeah. even just the northern it's insane how expensive it is. And I was just so depressed as well, working in the government. Have you ever worked in like a public servant job? I've gone to those places to get certain things done, and there aren't a lot of jokes. Like, <laughs> not at all. Sometimes I'll go to the places, and they'll have the glass wall mm-hmm. and the little, I guess, the metal slits there so you can speak. And for mm-hmm. whatever reason, it's always at hobbit height. You know what I mean? So as as a person, I'm not taller than like that. I, I just say I'm taller than Tom Cruise. So I'm five nine. <laughs> I would bend down and I yeah. would just look at the person going, "Can I get two tickets to New York, please?" 
And then not no laugh, no nothing, no, no. like nothing. No. You you can't crack a joke in any no. kind of government office kind of space. No, because it's like hell. They're just dying there. <laughs> That's why they is hate it, they're their just job. being sucked. Their life is just it's being the worst job. It's really the worst job, worst job. And it was ironic because my family was so proud of me. They're like, "Wow, my daughter, she works in the government. Secure, she, secure, secure. secure. <laughs> Lifetime job. Look, I'm so proud of her." And meanwhile, I'm like crying at my cubicle every two weeks. Like, I could not wait to get out of that job and that's kind of how i got into entrepreneurship i guess in real estate were there other people around you that were kind of sparking that as well or were you just taking the initiative on yourself just going i'm a single mom this is the reality i'm in canada this is the cost of living things don't add up literally i was just on my own solo dolo and it was kind of like well you know can't get any worse than this of what i was currently living in okay and i really wanted to buy a house like home ownership was always really important to me and when you have a child as a single mom i remember just looking at my daughter and seeing her grow and i was living in my parents basement and just wondering like where am i gonna put this creature I need space. Like I need a, a house that I can own somewhere that she can like lay down roots and a foundation. So, you know, selfishly, I got into real estate for the money. But personally, I feel like everybody gets into real estate for the money. Let's be real. Well, it's very, it's very good. Yeah. Especially for the last, what, 20 years? Yeah. Canada's landscape on real estate market has been very, very vibrant for the last two decades. Yeah. And there's no signs of it tapering off or right. are there signs of it tapering off i mean we've had plenty of agents on the show yeah i mean nobody's saying it's tapering off it's not i mean we did see a decrease in our average home price we went from like 1.34 to 1.29 when was that just february to march oh we, just recently just recently yeah but now it's coming back are we gonna crash no but okay. these interest rates are gonna cause little dips i think over the next year so you got into the industry to learn it before you actually started to apply for your own personal reason. Yes. Because you wanted to educate yourself. Yes. What do I need to do mm -hmm. to become that perfect client on paper? Yeah. Okay, so what do I need to do to become that perfect client on paper? For me, being a single woman, it really came down to just increasing my income significantly in a short amount of time. You know, and I was always good at sales. I used to sell wedding dresses for Kleinfeld Hudson's Bay. I was part of the store planning team that brought it to Canada from Manhattan. So wow. I, during my internship, like I was sitting down, I was four months pregnant and I was sitting down with Ronnie Rothstein, the owner of the Bridal Emporium. And during the day we were selling wedding dresses to princesses and NFL wives, like dresses that were like twenty, thirty thousand dollars Wow. So I've had a sales background, you know, but um, yeah, I went into real estate for the money. But then you were driven to just get more and more sales yeah. and get yeah. that going. So yeah. that's the way you quickly increased your income. Yeah. What yeah. other ways can people increase their income in a quick, short, I guess you just side hustle? You just second yeah. job it? Just struggle. That's all it is. <laughs> is that what you do? Is that like you, you go here from one job to the next job to the next job to the next job and just keep on hustling? Well, you know what? That's interesting that you say that because our younger generations, like our Gen Zs and younger, they've really watched all of us struggle and do that job to job to job. And now they've just found ways to, you know, research 
NFTs and cryptos for 48 hours and make 50 grand and make 100 grand. So I, you know, for other people on how to increase your income, definitely I think we're in a time like a new technology with the internet. That's the best way that I would say to do that. And that's a lot of what I use in my real estate business to grow it. Right. Really? I use social media. I'm really I'm a major fan of TikTok. I want to get into the whole TikTok, but I mean, so you're saying that the Gen Zs were paying attention to the millennials. Now, were you guys struggling or were you guys doing one job and it wasn't giving everything that you wanted? So then you left that job and went to another job that gave you a little bit more. Were, were you guys incrementally kind of getting more income by going to different occupations over and over? Is that what was going on? Um, potentially. Well, you know what? No, because us millennials, we've lived through now two economic collapses, right? Like Mm -hmm. we're probably the generation that has the most student debt and the lowest average salary at whatever job that we're in. Plus the increase of cost of living. Yeah. So like it's ironic because my clients in real estate, the ones who have their masters, the ones who are highly educated, they're weighed down by all the student loan debt, which then like holds them back from being able to get into home ownership. So I think like our younger generations and maybe our millennials too, they are kind of coming up with new and creative ways to make a lot of money. I had a client recently, we just closed in the fall. She's making probably $2,000 a week live streaming on the internet. Live streaming what? Not XXX <laughs> Okay, it's not all right. XX. And it's funny. So she's created a show for herself and she's got followers that pay into a subscription base. Or something like not quite. Okay. There's actually an app that she used that's based out of I don't know if it's Asian. It's based out of like um, Korea or China or something like that. It's a whole different platform. You can verse people. You can battle people. I don't know. I don't really know how it is. That's even beyond me. But the thing is that there's this whole other world that my generation, you guys probably don't fully know completely about it, Mm -hmm. but the Gen Z's are knowing all about it, where instead of going to school post Mm -hmm. and spending six figures and Mm -hmm. carrying that six figures to the Mm -hmm. time where you need to buy a house Mm -hmm. and you get rejected because of those six figures debt, they're focusing on those kinds of things. Yes, But there's a lot of phishing, PH, with the NFTs and with crypto and all this other crap. So you got to, I guess you got to circumvent through all that crap out there as well too, right? And there's also a lot of risks, up and downs. And I know of stories of certain people making a lot of money real quick and then also losing a lot of money. You hear all the time about the the making, not so much about the losing. Yeah. Right? So there's a, and I get it that they're spending more time on the computers and the web and all these sites and they're like, okay, here's an opportunity, here's an opportunity, here's an opportunity. Mm -hmm. But then we kind of forget that what about other occupations? Like, are we lacking? We've always said in construction that there's such a, a demand. We need more and more yeah. people in construction. Yeah. Buildings are being built. Cities are being built. Communities, all that stuff. And there aren't enough people for that. So are we creating a whole generation with the Generation Z that's not even going to be a part of that? Like, who's going to do those brick and mortar little cafe shops and something unique in the little villages Who's going to do all that stuff? Is it them or is it who else is going to do that? I don't know. Maybe like a 3D printer. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's I believe that tradespeople are so undervalued. Yeah. 
And I constantly tell people, like, if you're not sure what you want to do, get into a trade because it's such a guaranteed source of income. Like, everybody needs tradespeople. Like, I'm a major advocate for it. But there's a fixed amount of money and the scale doesn't balance with what you potentially can make by being online and doing like a live streaming kind of or creating your own page or creating a product that you can sell yes like there's you kind of compare the two where you go to work for 45 hours every week Mm -hmm. you make 40 dollars an hour by the time you get all cleaned up by the government you're making x amount and it's probably half of what the gen z is making by going online and creating something that nobody else has created exactly so how do you compete against that that's difficult at that point yeah, it is. So are we getting too many people going into the cyberspace and focusing on making an income on that versus reality? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's too many people. I think that there's opportunities for everybody within the cyberspace. Even if you do work, you know, in the, we'll say in the reality, there's opportunities everywhere and there's just a huge learning curve on how to, you know, capitalize on those. I agree with you totally because I mean I've uh, in the beginning construction Instagram was the only platform that they they connected with. And mm-hmm. and I always said it was because it was the easiest platform to learn and and as much as we're all monkeys in the industry it was the easiest for us to grab a bone and just kind of hit two clicks. And then all of a sudden we share a post, we share a video and we start getting our messaging out there. That's why it worked. Mm-hmm. But now let's get onto TikTok. So you basically got into real estate and you use TikTok for the right reasons to basically create your income, create yeah. your career Yeah. from that. You, know, yeah. you want to share all about that? Yeah. Surprisingly, you know, because before TikTok, I was very much Instagram. I was getting clients from Instagram. It was steady, steady, freddy. It's definitely a slower pace than the leads that I get from TikTok. The algorithm is completely different. 15 short form video really captures attention spans and it's a primarily American based app. I found in the past year, two years, TikTok has really revolutionized my business. Like probably 80 to 90 percent of my new clients are coming from TikTok. What is it? it All the communication? Is that what's like they see you, they see what you offer, they connect with you, they DM you, they and you start that communication. Yeah. Is that what's going on mm, there? You know, it's crazy because I don't necessarily promote myself on TikTok the same way that I do on Instagram. On Instagram, you show your offerings, you can show your body of work. Whereas TikTok is a whole different atmosphere and it's a different environment. It's a lot of fun. You know, I think anybody who's interested in getting into TikTok, the first thing that you must do is just consume. Just consume the content for like a couple of days, a week, two weeks. Because learn what's out there. Just learn the humor. There's so many inside jokes. You have to kind of understand the lingo a little bit. And then once you understand it, you can really connect with people. And I found a lot of joy in doing TikTok because I never once started posting on there with the idea that I'm going to get leads. I started posting on there as a way to help other young people get out of debt and get into a better financial situation like like me. So you were educating them. Yeah. You were just offering tips, advice. I was literally showing them like, this is how much money I made this month selling real estate. And I would be like, this is one deal. This is one deal. This is one deal. And I got like over a million hits. So how many followers you got? You almost had 100,000 now. Yeah. And then your engagement is like what per post? What are you on averaging? I guess six figures or something like that per post. Wow. 
And so yeah. it's basically you were just, it was a real estate class yeah. in the palm of their hand yeah. told in 15 second increments. Yes. So you were just picking key points, key talking points that resonated really well with the viewer. Yeah. And then the beauty of TikTok is they can comment and ask you questions and you can respond to a comment with the video. So you're not in a position where you have to think like, what am I going to post? I don't know what I'm going to say because people will literally start asking you questions and it'll give you so many ideas and it'll guide you on this journey of like, you know, what's in demand? What are the viewers interested in knowing? It's not as I don't know, agonizing as sitting down and coming up with a content strategy for Instagram. And that was Instagram. And the problem yeah. with Instagram, I guess, in the last two years is that it's become so much like Facebook, yeah. where it's just ad and promotion and they're just tying your hands. Yeah. And TikTok is not at that point just yet. No. It, it might eventually be at that point one day, mm -hmm. but then another platform will come on board. That's the thing. Like, will it be at that point? Because it's like a Chinese app. Yeah. Facebook and Instagram are American. Yeah. So it's very much pushing ads. TikTok, it has ads in there, but it's not overwhelming like how it is on Instagram and Facebook. So what was your first, your very first post after you did all your R&D on TikTok? What was the very first post that you shared on TikTok? I was doing the one showing my deals. Um, I was like, this is how you got to be a good agent. You must wake up early in the morning and blah, blah, blah. And it was very um, simple and common sense stuff. But the beauty about video is that it's funny because this is what I tell my daughter all the time. She's seven and she's like, you know, going through friends and stuff on the playground. But I always tell her, like, Eva, you don't show the world who you are with your words. You show them with your actions. And when you're on video, you can kind of translate your personality in a different way than you do in a still post on Instagram. And on TikTok, like on Instagram, you the expectation is it's like you're perfectly polished, yep. your hair's done, makeup done, everything, you know, you're on filtered. vacation, yeah. it's filtered. Whereas TikTok is just real. It's just authentic. And if you go to my page, you'll see me waking up first thing in the morning, you know, hair's not done, makeup's not done, and I'm just talking about something that's going on in real estate. And people love it. They love it. So what was the turning point on TikTok that you started seeing Hang on a sec. People are really consuming this now. What was it that you were doing? You were just continuing that realistic personality, character. People yeah. were resonating with that. Yeah. And for me, because my first couple viral videos, like imagine you do a post and you have over a million hits yeah. and over 900 comments. Like my phone was, was blowing up. I remember I couldn't sleep at night and I had to turn off my phone and turn off my notifications. You know, at the beginning I was like, yeah, I'm going to teach other people just out of the goodness of my heart, not trying to get deals, you know, and it just kind of snowballed into this thing where I tried to keep up with all the inquiries and then before you know it we're talking about mortgages we're talking about real estate we're talking about how to buy how to sell one thing after another and um from the as i'm consuming i'm noticing other people on this app are not so polished like it's not only about dancing and pointing yeah you know 
<laughs> so there's a whole other segment to it that we just assume TikTok is like this, but it's actually not. It's actually not. Like the algorithm is so far and wide. Okay. Instagram and Facebook algorithm, you're lucky nowadays if you get like a hundred people looking at your posts. Yeah, it's difficult. I could post something right now and before I leave, I have over a thousand and and you don't have to have, you know, a hundred thousand followers to get that reach either. Because the way that the uh, the um, algorithm is set up and the app is set up, like anybody can go viral. So how are you challenged with the geo-targeted section of TikTok? So you've got a lot of people, I'm assuming, that you engage with U.S. and Canada mm-hmm. followers. Mm-hmm. Real estate rules are relatively similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you get a larger portion of, I guess, Canadian people reaching out to you and asking you specifically on the Canadian side, or do you also get a lot of the the Americans as well? Well, with my analytics, I actually have more Americans that follow me, but it's clear that I'm only doing deals in Canada, in Ontario. So my form, which is a link in my bio where how people can contact me, it says Ontario only. So it kind of started to filter down. It's almost like my little funnel without it being like a sleazy sales funnel, because I I gotta hate those things. Can I swear? <laughs> yeah, can of I course swear? you can. Yeah. Fucking hate those things. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate a sales funnel. Get me out. I get in the sales funnel. I don't know where I am. I'm trying to get out. I'm like unsubscribing. You know what I'm talking about, right? I know what you're talking about, yeah. Oh, God, I fucking hate those things. Because because we're not designed that way. There's other ways of doing things. It's not all about that way. I've heard it as more of a bottleneck kind of thing. It's the same bullshit. You just get to one point, right? Which is all crap. It's so fucking dumb. I know. Any marketer that tells you that, like... They're stuck in radio time. They need to go straight to prison. (laughs) I don't know if I go that far and put them in marketing prison or something like that. Straight to prison. Everyone's just drawing, eh? I hate it. I hate it. I'm like, oh shit, I'm in the funnel. I'm in the whirlwind. Get me out of here. Well, it's good because we we get a lot of people thinking that we're Americans or all of a sudden... And I'm like, I'm not American. I'm in Toronto. I've actually said it over and over that we're in Toronto. That's where we are, right? And Mm -hmm. I don't pronounce the second T. That's how you know I'm in Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, we have a lot of people listening from all over the world, and they're curious on how we do things. But I think people all over the world are paying attention to Canada because we're so fucking expensive here when it comes to real estate. Yeah. And what's going on? Is it because of all the foreign investors coming in here? Is that what's going on? Are we overbuilding? Are we... Are we just greedy or what's going on? Why are homes so expensive? Why are condos so expensive? Why is land in Canada so expensive? Canadian real estate is so expensive because of a few factors. Number one, you know, our so-called economy. I mean, whatever it is now. Car crash. Um, (laughs) Our economy in air quotes. Um, um, Another huge factor is our healthcare system. Yeah. So our governments, Mr. Trudeau, all the leaders, our GDP increases with more and more people that they bring into the country, right? So they're always going to keep bringing in people. And another huge factor that people seem to forget is that we are free from war. And that plays a huge role in supply and demand, Mm -hmm. right? And that's why, you know, in America, there's more fluctuations with valuations, whereas here it's been a lot more stable and it will continue to be this stable. Couple that with, you know, lack of inventory. That's why our prices are so high in, in Canada and Toronto has now become one of those internationally worldwide metropolitan cities like New York, like San Francisco, it's like crazy. Tokyo, yeah. like Vancouver. It's insane. Yeah. But are you seeing, 
I guess, the epicenter because I just, every time I talk to people, there's no way in hell I'm buying in Toronto. I can't buy. Even if I was approved to buy in Toronto, it wouldn't be a smart move. Talk about students and student debt. You're going to be a home buyer buying in Toronto and creating and, and actually amassing such a massive amount of debt. So they're actually going further out. But then we start talking about Barrie and even further, and it's expensive, yeah. like ridiculously expensive still. Yeah. So it's like it just keeps getting more and more expensive. That's not going to yeah. change at all. No. Well, in our pandemic, everybody left the city because there was nothing to do in the city. So they went to Barrie. They went to all these places. And we saw the biggest growth in Durham and Richmond Hill had the highest percentage increase in average sale price during the pandemic. However, 2022 is supposed to be the year of the condo. So, so everyone coming back. Yeah. And I've been pushing all my clients who have been on the fence so if they want to buy a Toronto condo, I think now is the time to pull the trigger because, you know, for the first time, we're going to Raptors games, we're going to Leafs games, there's going to be a Carabana this summer. So personally, I think that we're going to see huge growth in our condos this year. So everyone getting back into purchasing condos or are there still condos? There's towers still being built downtown. Yeah. I still see some cranes there. But mm -hmm. are we also talking about pre-construction as well, too? There's going to be a huge growth in that? <sighs> you know, that's a good question. Because I know there's a, a lot question. of pre-construction going on outside of the city mm -hmm. because they're starting to pop those off. Mm -hmm. But those are three, four years away from everything. Mm -hmm. So do you buy it now, hoping that it actually is a, an option? But you're right. Where are all the sporting events? Where's everything going on? Everybody's going back down. Everyone's coming back into yeah. the core. So I'm pushing everybody back. That's La it. The last two years, I was like, go to Hamilton, go out, just get your foot in the door and something because we were seeing, you know, eight. I think we're like up 18.5% to last March right now. In condos? In just, no, in just Toronto real estate as a whole. Okay. So during the pandemic, I was just getting people into something. And now for the first time, I'm like, okay, it's time to start getting those condos. It's time to get those investments if you've been on the fence about them. Wow. Yeah. But what's the average condo price these days now for uh, 600 square foot, whatever? You know, well, you know, if you're in Toronto, you're looking at five, six, seven, like depending on the area. It's really circumstantial when it comes to pricing. You can get something for on the lower end near the 500, and then you can also get a one bed plus den for 800, right? It really depends on the specs. I've always hated, I guess, specifically Toronto condos yeah. because we have the dumbest maintenance fees. Yeah. Like sometimes the maintenance fee is greater than your mortgage. Oh, yeah. Payment. That's my client right now. That's my client right Isn't now. Isn't that unhurt? Like, that's just stupid math. It's I don't insanity. understand that. Because when I look at some of these units, I know that there's laws that they put in place where they have to have X amount of money as a surplus for a building that wasn't properly built that's eventually going to fall apart in the next decade. So we need all this extra money from you as a owner of a property, which is really dumb. It's kind of like, give us a lot of money at first because we know our building's going to fall apart and we're going to have to fix it when if you're still here or if you're sold it to somebody else. I mean, you would not imagine some of the stuff that I've seen. Like it's what? Like they're cooking the books, like asbestos. Like What do you mean? Is in, in new towers? Or? No, no, no. Oh, in okay. the older ones. All, right. all the older ones, for sure. Like a newer tower, it's you have less concerns about maintenance fees unless there's lawsuits on them because they didn't pay their contractors. <laughs> <laughs> Right. No, but there's all kinds of crap like that because they just, 
you got you got to build these units. That's all. You got to get these units out there, and then you got to fill these units, right? Yeah. Because none of these towers can get built until you actually have sold X amount of units per building. Per phase. Per phase is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they'll take the deposits, and you should know this. Right? I do, I'm but sure I like sharing know. it. Oh yeah. Okay. So so from <laughs> what I from what I know, I mean, I'm not an expert in this, but they take the deposits for phase one, and then they go back to the bank to get the loan for phase two, and so on and so on. Yeah. On paper, you look like the most attractive Tinder person in the world, <laughs> but that's not the reality, right? That's just there's such so many filters on that paperwork, yeah. right? Yeah. Are you also Bethany telling people to go back into the core regarding homes? Or is it just still stupid in Toronto? It's stupid. Toronto homes are just stupid. It's stupid. And the I, people who yeah. are buying those homes are just as stupid, I think, because they're half my age. I don't know where the money's coming from. I, I guess because of divorced parent, divorced parent, divorced yeah. parent, divorced yeah. parent. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's how they get the deposits. And yeah. then they carry on this massive amount of bare minimum mortgage, I guess. Yeah. Pretty and it, they just assume it's going to appreciate. Yeah. So then when they do get out, first kid shows up, first dog shows up, first whatever shows up, they can sell it and make a profit and then take care of all that expense. Well, historically, that's how it's gone. You can make a profit off of anything. In Toronto. Yeah. So I love to move people out of the city if they can, if they have the ability to relocate. And during the pandemic, with everybody working from home, it hasn't really been, I haven't had a single client who was unable to relocate. I would much rather bring them a little bit out and show them how much farther their money can go, right? Because when you buy some of these older homes, and a lot of first-time buyers are not very savvy with understanding like the components of a home right and how to maintain it especially the older homes so i like to put them in a position where they're going to be okay and not deal with like a basement flood on their first 30 days of moving into their home which by the way all your homeowners have to double check your insurance to make sure that you're actually covered for that because not all insurance policies cover that specific act of god so to mm. speak and where the flood started because if the flood started in your property, then it's your responsibility. But if the flood started in the city property and went into your property, then it belongs to the city's responsibility. Mm. But there's all this little fine print that you have to take a look at in that insurance policy that people yeah. just assume yeah. that it's, it's covered, not yeah. necessarily. Yeah. So there's a lot of crap like that. And I get it because you've got these millennials or these people that are in 30s or whatever buying these $2 million homes yeah. that need a lot of work. They need a lot and then all of a sudden they can't they can't have a function and invite all their friends over until this work is done but then that work is going to cost as much as the building that they just paid for mm -hmm. and then there's that issue right so yeah. I, adulting i don't get it like how is that sustainable at that point how are they how are they paying for it yeah you know with help from mom and dad Let's That's all real. it is. You know, there are like, you know, some some of my clients like they do really well on paper. But with our cost of living, you know, even if you're making six figures, you're still in an entry level home. You have to be making multiple six figures or sometimes, you know, one deal will have three, four or five people on it just to boost up that income. Wow. Insanity. It's insane. Yeah. So even if you're making six figures, so low six figures, you're making whatever argument, 120 mm -hmm. K a year, mm -hmm. you're coming into an entry level, let's say home for, so you basically can get approved for what? A 1.5? No. No. For like seven, eight. Seven, eight hundred thousand yeah. dollar home. Yes. 
That's what you'll get approved Assuming for. Assuming you have no debt and good credit. And you've got a, a 5% deposit. Yeah, it would be 5% on the first 25 yeah. and then 10% on the balance. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So then for you to get into a $2 million house in Toronto, in one of the Queen West, Le- Leslieville, Junction, all these areas, you got to be making what? Quarter of a million to $300,000 on well, paper and still have yeah. good history, good yeah. credit. And you'd need 20% down at that point as well. <laughs> <laughs> these are insane yeah like absolutely insane yeah i want to double back bethany to how does a client work with you on tiktok so everyone's following you this is what i do love about social media people follow people because of their personality they mm-hmm. let their true personality come out mm-hmm. this is the person and they like them they connect they re- you know they kind of connect with that person i want to hear what she's going to say today this week whatever yeah now they start paying attention like you just said mm-hmm. like a lot of prospecting clients are paying attention is she going to teach us more is she going to find a great property is she going to make some great advice that we want to absorb and then all of a sudden do they eventually DM you and start engaging with you at that point? Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that you say that because you would think that that's how it works when you're doing social media. And I did learn this a little bit from doing my time on Instagram and selling a service online. When you're in a service-based business, it's not only just about the service that you provide, right? When our job, they say our job as real estate agents is to meet new, meet new people, right? <laughs> that's your job every day. So <laughs> online, like imagine on Instagram per se, If you were only using the hashtags relevant to your industry, you would only attract people within your industry, right? So one thing that I've learned is I have my pillars of like my brand and what I do. And this is really great for anybody listening who are thinking I want to, you know, use social media, but I'm not sure how to start. You want to come up with three to five pillars, right? So for, of who you are. So for example, me, I'm in real estate. I'm a woman. I'm a black woman. We'll say I'm a mom. Uh, I just got a Doberman and I'm a millennial, right? So those are five pillars of who I am. And I, so you tag those to your posts. Yeah. Like I'm maybe not exactly that, but I will talk about topics relating to that outside of who I am as a professional. So I'll do a post just about being a mom. I'll do a post about, you know, my dog and being a dog mom or whatever. And I'll do a post about other things. So, and I find that when I'm sharing authentic parts of my life, for sure, that's when people really resonate with you. And then, you know, I kind of subliminally slide in there. I do real estate and I'm really fucking good at it. For people watching, if they're thinking that they need real estate, oh, I've already been following this girl because, you know, I'm a mom and she's mom and we have so much in common and we connect exactly i had um, a lead reach out to me who has a much bigger following than me both on instagram and tiktok and she hit me up and she was like hey i need your help with something i've been following you and i just feel like i can trust you and that's you don't even know this person is don't even know this person but she's already saying that she's like i just feel like i can trust you because I've already shared so much about my life yeah. and my story. And that's the thing with TikTok is I can share my struggles. On Instagram, it's all about the glitz and glam and the, and the filtered life. But on TikTok, I'm just like, share, like I have a video on there where I'm crying on my kitchen floor about something. <laughs> I don't even remember what it's about, but it's a safe space to kind of share and, and build those relationships. So 
that's a little bit about how I do that on TikTok. And then within my um, like website, I have a little link where people can just fill out a form and then I just call them the next day. No fancy, stupid fucking sales funnel. I'm just like, you want to talk? You need a consult? Fill out the form. I set up a zap so that it, the form will just go right to a text message to myself. And then I can just call them up and be like, hey, this is Beth. I just got your inquiry. Automatically. Automatically. I'll show you how to do it. No, that's awesome. That's actually yeah. really good. I pay like 35 bucks for a service called Zapier. Have you ever heard of it? No, I haven't. No. Oh, my God. It's an automation. It's like, if this, then that. If somebody fills out the form, text Bethany. If somebody fills You automatically out connect it to another yeah. source. Yeah. And you want to connect it to your phone of some sort. So it's yeah. a text and yeah. it comes in. And you can reply yeah. back on that same device back to them or you've got to go on the form. Um, no, I can reply right back. Right back, right then. Uh, I just press one button, like the phone is there and it'll send me a message saying new lead, you know, buyer Bobby, email, phone, buyer, Wow. buyer or seller. Right? You know what I love is that you, we've been talking almost 40 minutes now and not once has it been about a sales pitch. No. It's more been about your personality, getting it out there and people mm -hmm. connecting with your personality. Yeah. And then like you said earlier... I, I think I could trust you kind of thing. Yeah. So I want to ask you a question now. Mm -hmm. Then you start doing the sales pitch, but you'd still do it cautiously where it's like I'm talking to you is just I'm going to educate you. You're interested in learning. I'm going to share. And then we go on there. And then by the way, oh, I'm going to buy a house. I'm going to give Bethany a call. I mean, imagine it like this as well as a business owner, because one thing that I really struggled with when I was starting real estate was I was attracting the wrong leads. I was attracting people who are wasting my time. I was attracting people who men who wanted to take me on dates. Like it was really frustrating. Right. Okay. And, but you weren't posting that. No, they were assuming that they were assuming that. Okay. Right. And that was, I was struggling with that on Instagram primarily. So I sat down and I'm like, how can I attract the people that I want to do business with? And those are the people who are like me who I, not only do they have something in common with me, but I have something in common with them. So I don't feel like I need to pitch them. Like I went on vacation uh, last summer and I had a lead reach out. I had like 40 leads reach out in one day. And one of them was a seller and I was away and I couldn't get back until two weeks. I also had to quarantine for a week because it was last summer. Okay. And I remember thinking, oh, my God, this lead is going to die. Like, I didn't even get to them within three weeks. And the lead was a seller. And that lead waited. And she waited three weeks for me to come back, finish my quarantine, and come to her house with the listing agreement to sign it. She had already mentally committed that she was going to give me the business. But she also knew... You were on vacation. You were quarantining. Like, did she know all this? No, stuff? she didn't know. She didn't know. I didn't tell her. Okay. No, no. But I assume yeah. that you posted or shared some no, of it. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. No. Okay. No. That's surprising. No. I was Someone really, would wait I that was, long. I know. In today's day, to yeah. today's digital day. Yeah. I thought for sure, like, oh God, you know, you'd, I didn't call her back. She's gonna, you know, she's gonna pick somebody else. But no, she was like, I'm gonna wait till you come back. Like, I, I had let her know that I was quarantining. Um, but I wasn't really posting too much. Like she had reached out genuinely for me to, on the expectation that I would come like within the next day or so. So for all business owners, and this is why I love sharing. I'm not a gatekeeper when yeah. it comes to what I do. I love sharing it because it's been really, really great for me in the way that I run my business because I can attract the people who I enjoy working with.
right? Imagine that every new client that you had was like a buddy. Yeah. Because you guys are already just shooting the shit online all the time. Yeah. And it's not this like painful work thing, right? And then the other side is my margins are amazing. In real estate, being a real estate person, you know, you see the billboards, you see the bus shelters, you see the ads. All the other agents in my office are spending tens of thousands of You're not of doing dollars. any of that. I don't spend a dollar. You don't look at those traditional forms of archaic advertising. It doesn't work. No. It works, I guess, for certain people, yeah. but it doesn't work in today's day. I might throw like a couple bucks here and there, at like farm and area, but honestly, it's never given me the, any return at all. Well, like, it makes sense because the majority, I'm, I don't even know what the stat numbers are, but everybody's on some sort of social platform. Yeah. So if they're already there, yeah, then they're looking for someone that they want to connect with. Yeah. And then with TikTok, there's so many inside jokes. So we can, you know, converse on there and have fun and prospect and meet new people. And it's all a great time. We're all having fun. I don't have to have this. I don't have to wear a fucking blazer and like, you know, do my elevator Be so proper pitch. and everything. Yeah. I'm just chilling. I'm just being my regular, regular self. You what know? about the hate? Like, there's a lot of bullshit hate on Instagram. Yeah. And actually, I was having this conversation with someone recently where I was like saying, isn't it funny how Canadians in general are nice people? Like, we say sorry a lot and we'll hold the door, even if you're a football, football field away from getting to the door. But yet, when it comes to social media, <laughs> they're fucking vicious. Yeah. They'll get on Instagram and they're vicious. And if they see blood in the water... They just fucking traipse all over you, right? Yeah. I'm assuming TikTok's not like that yet, or it's not. Is oh my it god, it's ten times worse. Worse on TikTok. Yeah, the hate is because the algorithm is just so far it opens and wide. Up. Yeah, and the other thing is like the topic that I talk about in real estate. A lot of people are angry about it if they can't buy. Right. So they're, they get a, they personal. Yeah, they take it very personally. They're uneducated. They feel like, you know, maybe I'm the reason why they can't buy. And I get it. Like, I get it. It's a very touchy subject for mm -hmm. some people. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot of hate on there. Um, and so how do you balance that? Personally, I don't know if this is the best way to do it. But I just hate on them back. Like, let's, be <laughs> <laughs> let's be real. Like, fuck I'm you too. Old. I can't. I'm too old for that block. You know? Get the fuck out of yeah, my life. I blocked them That's too. It, but right? I did a post on TikTok once. And I'm like, if you want to complain, like, you can go to the customer service department. Like, I'm the manager of HR. Hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> like, so it's, it's everywhere, you know. And I do get a lot of it because I have a large following but then after a while you start to realize okay honey i'm not the reason why you can't buy real estate so you try to get them off the ledge and just explain sometimes, some, sometimes i will if it's something really really rude then i'll make a video response and say you know what like you're a fucking asshole but then most of the time i'll just block it and move but on that's who your life. personality is and that you're standing yeah. your ground you go and listen yeah. this is exactly what she would do yeah so and you it, can't falter yeah. for that and i had somebody reach out to me because after I was dealing with some hate online and I was kind of talking back and not just taking it, I had somebody reach out to me because they wanted an, an aggressive realtor to sell their house. And they're like, we're going to choose Beth. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. <laughs> so you got a sale out of it for hating back on. Yeah. Which is great. You just show your personality, though, and then people like that. And the younger generations, I'm telling you, they, the, they want real authenticity. 
they want real people yeah. and it's just changed the way that I, my, per, my professional persona a lot, just doing short form video and using an app like TikTok. Gen Z is what? What's the, what's the age of a Gen Z? I think they're like, you know, every, maybe like or 20s. So they're in their early 20s. Yeah. Are they all sunshine and rainbows thinking that I'm going to be 24, 25 and I want to have my first house? Or no. no, they're not, right? No. So what are they doing? Are they collectively getting another group of Gen Z's together and partnering up to buy a property? Sometimes. There are some of them that do value home ownership. Okay. There's some of them that believe the planet's just going to burn to... <laughs> because of global warming <laughs> you know some of them are like why stress about it we're just on a floating rock in space you know <laughs> you've had these conversations i haven't had these you'll see it when you go on tiktok there's a lot of dark humor uh, they're like who fucking cares we're all gonna die in so i don't want to own anything Forget you know, it. But some of them do. Like I, especially like um, minorities. I get a lot of, you know, I'm I'm a black woman. I get a lot of black people who want to kind of break those generational curses. But the thing about, and I was just talking about this last night. The thing about Gen Z, is like they they're a lot more savvy. Okay. Right. And if you give them the right information on what they need to do to make money, they'll latch onto it and do it. I think they're realizing that the old school way of doing things and going and getting a four year degree for a hundred thousand dollars just isn't it anymore. Well, the educational system isn't it anymore when yeah. you literally have a university in your hand, right? As I hold my phone. Mm -hmm. So it's like if you want anything or want to learn about anything, it's right there at your fingertips. Yeah. So what's the reason for going to university for four years other than getting drunk and doing stupid things and having those experiences that you'll yeah. meet certain people that might help you move the body one day? That's <laughs> university, yeah. I guess, right? So, yeah. uh, but then spend oh, much money now. Yeah. Right. And then yeah. you get out of at, at, you get out of that education and you've got this debt that does not get canceled. Yeah. The government refuses to get rid of it and you got to carry this shit. And these people probably carry it for like a decade, yeah. if not longer. Yeah. So they get stuck whenever they try to apply for a mortgage going, nope, eh, eh, you can't get approved because you got this problem yeah. here. It's so ironic. Most people go to school so they can get a job to buy a house. Oh, school isn't designed to help you. No. School is designed to actually hinder you. To put you in a bad spot. Yeah. So then you can be a part of the economical problem. What other organization do we know? Like you never see the mafia having a, a table set up <laughs> with every credit card company set up there going, hey, apply. Yeah. $5,000 credit on your first day. Go buy all your books. No, you're not. Go buy all your beers. That's what's <laughs> yeah. going to happen, right? Yeah. So it's like, you, that's not smart. No. Why not educate the people, these kids yeah. to be smart? And the smart ones are smart about their education. They, they yeah. try to, like, I agree with you that they are savvy, that if they learn yeah. that there's something out there, yeah. they'll go, hang on a sec and what i like is that they'll make it their own yeah so it's like sure here's paper rock scissors what the fuck can you do with this now and then they'll figure out something to do with it that's actually going to be profitable mm -hmm. that's the cool thing about it but i still think they're fucking lazy too right Ugh. that's the bad thing about it Ugh, i'm sorry lazy. but they are i'm just saying that they are they just do different work it's just a different <laughs> it's just a different kind of work you know well there's a whole generation that doesn't even realize that there's two fives in a day you know what i mean yeah so that's that i have a problem because the thing is it's it's i think you mentally speaking you can get a lot of done when you wake up early in the morning but the problem is that they refuse to go to bed before it passes two digits 
Right. They can only go to bed when it hits a single digit. Well, they're depressed. Is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> they're fucking depressed. So they need therapy on top of the school yes. loans? Yes. So no, who's paying for the therapy? Our generations are highly, highly depressed. They've been... Anxiety? Trust, anxiety, depression. Pot smoking? You know, all types of things. And I look at them and they're, they're having to deal. They have so much pressure on them. Can you imagine what it would be like having social media? As a teenager. Okay, so how did my generation get dealt with when it came to stuff like that? It was the bruise that was left on the back of your head from being smacked by your parents to yes. wake the fuck up yes. and get going. Yes. Right? If yes. you were lucky, and then if you're European or even Caribbean, yes, it was like a piece of wooden branch, <laughs> a spoon, a brick. Yeah. It was objects that were attached to some sort yes. of limb that hit your head or your body yes. and that woke you up. So yes. I get that there's a lot of pressures for this generation with social media. I understand the pressures when it comes to cyberbullying. Yeah. Right? Because there's a lot of that shit. And that goes back to the whole Instagram where everyone is such a keyboard warrior behind their fucking page when they're attacking somebody on social media. Yeah. But if they ever were to face you on the street in broad daylight or in the middle of the night or whatever... They ain't fucking saying shit. No. They won't. No. They won't dare say shit. No. But they hide, right? So I get it. There's those pressures behind that. Yeah. But they create that persona. There's a lot more, I think, than just the cyberbullying. And I think that once you start consuming some of the content, you might start to have a deeper understanding. I mean, number one, the algorithm is so addictive like some of the tech and the apps that our younger generations like you can literally do a post change something in your settings of that post to attract a a greater audience and you'll see it right away is that how great the algorithm is that is that why you're saying that um no not necessarily it's a lot less technical systematically okay you know and from a business standpoint the best way to run your business is to not act like you're running a business. The best way to run your business is to not act like you're running a business. People don't want Never to Never sell sold. yourself. They want to shop with friends. I hate trust. it too. I, I can't stand being advertised to. Oh, the second. Maybe that's why I hate sales funnels. Because yeah. the second I smell a sales pitch, I'm out the door. You're, I don't want it. I don't want a clue. I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to listen to it. You're yeah. trying to sell me something. You're trying to lie to me. You're trying to sell me something that I don't need that's going to put me in a bad But that's situation. your generation. That's also Gen Z. And that's also part of Gen X, too. We yeah. kind of grew up with that as well, too. Yeah. I paid attention to because I was in advertising at the time. So mm-hmm. I was actually appreciating I guess the science behind that sales pitch, I was trying to figure out the logistics on why certain things were done. Yeah. So you pay, but that's more on a creative level, not necessarily on a sales level. In the end though, I wasn't consumed to go spend 500 bucks on a pair of sneakers. Mm. Like I won't go buy a hoodie that's got an owl on it because it doesn't make any sense to me. It Mm -hmm. doesn't, it doesn't connect with me. You could try to sales pitch me all you want. I still will not buy it. It doesn't Mm -hmm. work. It doesn't, I look at other products differently, right? Yeah. So it's just like we get older, you yeah. learn from that. But now yeah. you've got a Gen Z generation. Mm-hmm. They're bombarded by this shit. Bombarded. But, and they're constantly being fed, you know, subliminal information that they're not good enough, that they're not enough, right? Like I had my daughter who's seven, she's going to turn eight the other day, asked me if she was fat. <sighs> I swear to God. 
Seriously? Seriously. But where did she get that question from? I have no clue. Probably. Is she you know on what, social media? Me. She's not. She doesn't have her own accounts or anything like that. Okay. But it's just like the little kid YouTube stuff. And, you know, every once in a while seeing the TikTok. Like these things affect them. Like yeah. our younger generations. And talk about the women. And aside from bullying, the pressure to look, you know, a certain way with the filters, with the face filters, with the body filters, with all. And it even affects the young men as as well yep of right? course so our younger generations are highly depressed they don't have you know we have global warming they they are not excited about their futures necessarily but they are passionate about the things that they care about which is great are you saying the majority of that generation is falls into the latter whereas they're just pressured by so much negativity yeah which I contributes to their depression yeah which contributes to not being motivated to contribute to society. And then I guess they get on that train of the world's going to end anyway. So I don't give a shit at that point. Yeah. So why should I go get a job? I think it's, yeah, not as simple as that. But I think if you talk to a Gen Z, regardless of who they are, you could make a joke about depression or anxiety or dark humor and they would laugh with you. Wow. No matter who it is. You could you could crack a little joke about that about how the world's gonna end and that's like they will I can guarantee they'll have a chuckle with you about it. It's a little scary, no? It's so morbid. Yeah. It's so morbid. But it's I don't know. It's it's not a I don't know. It, that's that sounds terrible. But if you go on the app, it's a lot of the humor on there. So when it comes to the younger generations, I give them a lot of grace because they're experiencing the world in a lot that that's a lot different than how you and I did, and I firsthand know some of the pressures of social media aside from cyber bullying but just you can have a million people laughing at your downfall yeah. at any given time and enjoy it too i would prefer to get a spoon in the back of my head than to have that than to have that emotional damage i, I prefer a physical smack we any sensible person rather yeah it just makes more sense yeah. so how do you because i've had this i've had plenty of moments where it's like i fucking had enough yeah. I actually want to disappear and then everybody could just fucking say, Where the hell's Waldo? And that's just like that's just what happened to him. Who gives a shit? He's living his life is what it is. I guess that's eventually gonna happen to everybody on social media. I don't see any amazing huge social media influencer gray hair walking on the walker going i'm still posting i see them actually off of it and gone no and no you see no, them compl- really no and that's a huge misconception because in my office i'm probably one of the younger agents and i'm not super young i'm in my early 30s but if you go on the app older um creators from all different age groups do extremely well because you have a world of advice to provide Yep. And people and the young and young people are interested. I call it the um how does the movie end? <laughs> every yeah. every kid that walks in to watch a movie always wants to know how does the movie end. So you only find out how to how does the movie end by yeah. asking someone who's actually seen the movie already. Yeah. So you start listening to the older generation. I was talking more about them having that career, that whole arc, oh, and then the for the next 30 the years, 40 years, yeah. at some point they're going to say, I'm fucking done with no, this. No, the career nah. of an influencer yeah. is is definitely a younger emotion. Like emotionally, you have to be very young. Yeah, no. Eventually it's going to get to you where it's, okay, so I'm not a parent. Yeah. I'd ha- I personally would have a problem if I had, uh, and I saw this in construction, I saw a lot of tradespeople. I would say use for lack of a better word, 
their children, like、mm-hmm. whether they're newborns or they're growing up, they would use their kids as part of their posts. And I just said, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'd really, it's almost like that kid is not asking to be there. But since he or she is so adorable, might as well put this tool belt and this hammer and this drill or whatever. It's really, really cute. It's going to get me X amount of followers and all this other crap. And I'm like, no, I don't think it's right. I think that kid should make the decision when the kid's ready to. Be a part of this platform, then they can decide. Unless、mm-hmm. you think differently, because you're a parent. So I don't know, right? No, and then all of a sudden, all、I、the parents actually... write your letters to fuck you, Manny, basically, because <laughs> I won't read any of them. <laughs> no, I actually have a girlfriend who who doesn't post her son, and she's of the same mindset. Like I'm gonna wait and make it his decision. Yeah. I mean, to each their own. I've never given my daughter her own page out of like safety, but I think that. You know, it's to each their own, but it can be a great way to connect with people. Yep. Being a mom, being a single mom, and running my business, I wanted to find other clients and other moms who would be understanding if I couldn't make it there in time because my daughter was having a tantrum because the sky's blue today. <laughs> you know, but there is like a huge element of safety that、yep. needs to be. You know, recognize when we're talking about putting photos of our kids on the internet.、Yeah. Absolutely. And I also honestly believe that Instagram. I don't know about TikTok that much because I'm just starting to discover and starting to pay attention to it, and I still haven't grasped it just yet. But、mm-hmm. now speaking with you, I'm going to start looking at it differently. Instagram's privacy bullshit protection is complete garbage. Yeah. It's complete garbage. Yeah. And we've seen it as of late, I guess, in the last year of how. These social platforms are supposed to be open to free speech, and they're not. No, they're being policed by certain individuals. Yeah, which is horseshit, complete horseshit. Where,、mm-hmm. and then I think what's going to happen is that you start going to different platforms. I mean, yeah, TikTok is Chinese,、mm-hmm. and what I've understood is that in TikTok in China is actually used more for educational purposes. TikTok here started with all the booty shaking and the song and the dancing crap, right?、Mm-hmm. And that's what was going on with it. I had a problem with it because you're basically given permission to your likeness, and then、I'll, they can use all those videos whenever they want, and they probably are. That's why I had a problem with it. But I mean, today they were photographed how many times? Yeah. You can walk around anywhere and get videotaped, photographed, or whatever. So、yeah. it's just part of society now, right? Yeah. So, but I just don't. I I think the policing should be better to protect the users. Yeah. And I think that free speech should still be free speech when you want to share something, and if someone doesn't like what you said. Then block them, get the fuck off, and move on. Don't listen to me. Go ahead. But I mean, it's it's the Howard Stern syndrome,、yeah. where more people were listening to him because they hated him than people were listening to him because they liked him because they wanted to know what else is he gonna fucking say today、mm-hmm. to piss me off so then I can talk about that at the water cooler. And I guess it's the same with with social media. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the beauty about TikTok being Chinese, like. You know, in Facebook and Instagram, I think when that、uh, whistleblower came out, it was proven that they were blocking or per- or pushing certain political、yep. agendas, right?、Yep. But when your app owner is from a whole nother nation, they probably don't give a fuck、nope. about our conservative and liberal parties. No, they don't. I think you might see a little bit more freedom. You will for sure have more freedom of free speech on that app versus Instagram. I think Instagram is on its way out. It's too big、It's、of a police、dying. right now, and that's what I can't、yeah. stand about it. And it's too big of an advertising machine,、yeah. where I get so annoyed that I I say no to the same post that I've posted asking me if I want to advertise it, and I've like I've said no to this thing a thousand times. Like how many、yeah. fucking are you think that you're just gonna whittle me down, going that you'll eventually give in because I'm fucking floating crack in front of your face? No, <laughs> I'm not gonna give in. There's no social pressures on this fifty year old individual, so that's the problem. But、yeah. they keep trying. 
Yeah. And I agree with you that that Instagram is kind of, I guess there's a fight going on right now because Instagram's arguing with TikTok about versus Instagram's uh, reels. Reels. But reels suck, don't they? Suck. Yeah, I'm sorry, but they do suck, right? (laughs) They fucking suck. And the only reason they came out was because of TikTok. Exactly. And so, okay, so you've copied the iPhone after the iPhone was created. Fine, but everyone's still hanging out using the iPhone, and that's what it is. But they're trying to figure out. They, they, they're impressed with the numbers. That's all. TikTok is just exploding. And then you're right. There's always going to be another one. You know, you're and probably- TikTok was paying their creators. You know, they don't really pay Canadians, but they were paying their creators in the U.S. a lot of fucking money. Yeah. So it was really incentivizing people to go there and use that. And um, I think Instagram is kind of on its way out. And TikTok, I guarantee you, in about two to three years, Everyone will have moved from Instagram onto TikTok, and Instagram will now become Facebook. How long have you been on TikTok now? Only like two years. Two years. Yeah. Because like I mean, TikTok in the early days was completely different. Eh? Completely different. It would have been your daughter. Like it would have yeah. been that segment of the audience was yeah. focusing mostly on TikTok there. Yeah. But you'd be surprised. Like that seller that waited for me, they are on the brink of retirement. And wow. They're on TikTok. Because they're paying attention to it. They're, they're seeing what's going on. Yeah. And they like, so it's not just young teeny boppers. Like it's people from all ages and the algorithm will kind of pair you with the right people who are interested in watching your content. The algorithm wants you to win. It's a lot easier to get views on TikTok than it is on Instagram. For, yeah. Right. Not now even my own followers see my Instagram posts anymore. <laughs> Not even my own people. <laughs> because you're expanding. That's why there's all kinds of... I'm still waiting for MySpace to come back. Oh, you think Are it's you, gonna you don't even know? Back. No, it's not going to come back. I do know MySpace. <laughs> I never used it. <laughs> MySpace is never going to come back. But it's always just going to be another one, right? I agree with you. It's always yeah. going to... And then I guess there's the whole talk now about Meta, right? Yeah. So we don't yeah. know what that alien is doing. Um <laughs> He's a scared individual, dude. See, that's still, like, too much. Even though I'm, like, you know, pretty tech savvy, I'm not in the metaverse yet. To to wrap your head around that. But, I mean, when you got guys like Snoop Dogg creating Sandbox and he's got an album coming out that is exclusive on his NFT Sandbox and you're, like, going, what the fuck? But, I mean... Snoop Dogg hanging out with Martha Stewart. So Snoop Dogg can do whatever he wants. <laughs> and like he could be selling Toyotas. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like people will buy it. People will listen. Yeah. They'll pay attention to him. So if him talking about NFTs and Sandbox and Meta makes sense to me. Do you have NFTs? No, I'm looking into them. I'm paying okay. attention to them because I've told everybody in construction, if you're not R&Ding anything to do with the digital landscape, you're a fucking dinosaur. Yeah. You are going to be left out. And you're going to be like walking around the parking lot with an AM FM transistor radio trying to friggin' get a signal yeah. and you won't get shit. Every tradesperson I tell, start just looking into it, start reading books about it, start speaking to people, start following certain pages, start watching certain YouTube channels, start paying just attention. Just get TikTok and just consume it. Really? TikTok is a huge all over. T- Literally, that's all you have to do because the algorithm there yeah. will bring you the most traffic. So once you start watching one, it just starts feeding the next Absolutely. to the next to the next. Absolutely. And your your what we call is your it's called a for you page. So that's a page that you go to just consume and it's people not necessarily not necessarily that you follow. It's just who the algorithm is giving yeah. to you. And after a while, the algorithm 
will start to tailor the content that you're interested in. So if you're in construction, if you're a tradesperson, and if that's what you're interested in, you know, you can go through it and you'll like those and you can find them and the algorithm will start to tailor it. But if you also like cars and you also like, you know, NFTs, like it, it will all also starts do that. coming up now. And if you are in any sort of service-based business, don't be afraid about getting on TikTok. Remember, 15-second clip, like how long was I singing there? Was that it was like, like 15 seconds. It was like 15 seconds. I know. You can literally take a piece of wood, hammer a nail in it, be like, I do this. The one good thing I'm <laughs> proud of is that my ADD is like over the moon now. Yeah. If I see something, I fucking dismiss it within a second or two. If it doesn't get to a point where I'm interested in actually inquiring what's going to happen in the next 10 seconds, I shut it down in the first five seconds. That's how bad it is now because I'm basically doing what Gen Z and millennials are doing. Yeah. You guys shut the it ADD, down. Yeah. Like yeah. fast. Yeah. Like there's no. Yeah. This is where I get a little frustrating coming from the film industry and getting into construction where it's. It took over two an hour and a half to see the fucking shark in Jaws. You know what I mean? You yeah. can't pull that shit off nowadays. Yeah. I have to see the fucking shark ripping off a limb in the first 10 seconds yeah. or I'm not interested in watching it. Yeah. That's what's you know what I was it's good thinking? and bad. I was thinking like how we have Netflix. Yeah. And just it just fucking sucks. Well, the content is getting really bad. It's just pumped out. Because the content is rushed. Yes. And it reminds me of going to the beer store and I hear the fucking carousel. Where yeah. the, the, the case just the comes public. at you really yeah, yeah, fast. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't need that beer to show up this fast for me to consume it. I yeah. need it to like slow motion that shit to bring yes. it down. Yeah. And there's been a lot of content rate like recently on Netflix that another rewrite or another yeah. week of shooting or another something, yeah. something a little bit more, massage it, add a little bit more love to it. Yeah. And it would have been so much better. Yeah. But I'm it's noticing not that. I barely watch TV anymore. But we're consuming content we're too. We're just consuming so much. When you got platforms happening all over the place, everybody's got platforms now. Yeah. You know, mind you, fucking cancel your Disney Plus, but that's my own <laughs> personal opinion. I've hated Disney for so long, way before what's going on right now. Oh, yeah? I just can't stand Disney, right? Mm -hmm. Just because of manipulation. And now it's, it's a different kind of manipulation. That's just me. Oh. That's all. I just never... Disney was always motivated by different things and I was always an outsider parent and I never, I would see certain things and I'm like, you guys are sneaky little fucking bastards like for what you guys are doing because it was always designed and I'm sure you probably know this, that anything to do with Disney is never at a perspective at an adult. Anything to do regarding positioning of eyes of characters or story content or in landscapes or whatever it's always positioned a little bit lower to the height of a child and they always want to speak to the child they never want to speak to the adult because the child will sell it to the adult mm. and i find that really bad manipulation mm -hmm. that's back to advertising you're selling mm -hmm. a product that i don't agree with to a person that you shouldn't be selling it to Mm -hmm. I'm the parent I'm not but I'm the parent that I should first be told what it is and then I'll discuss it with and that's why I love being an uncle because I used to take my nieces and nephew out shopping and I would go listen you guys got X amount of money each and that's it don't fucking ask me for any more I'm your uncle I'm not your parent so I don't give a shit about you guys as much right <laughs> so this is what you guys get and then they would start negotiating you know can I borrow five from you and then I can get something else and all this other shit I'm like do whatever you want but don't come back at me and ask for more money I'm not your parent I'm your uncle I don't give a shit that's how I treated it so 
Disney doing what they're doing is a little sneaky, in my opinion. I'm That's why. I'm going to be watching every Disney movie now differently. Look at their eyes. Yeah. Their eyes are not looking at you. They're looking at the kids. That's crazy. It's scary. You're it's really me chills. I'm sorry, but it's scary. That's when I look at films today or I look at stories today, uh, when I forget how shit the story is, I start paying attention to what I call the corners of the frame. So I start paying attention to what's behind the primary element in the foreground. And there's all this sneaky shit going on. And I'm like going, fuck this. And the worst thing you can do is go see something with me. If you ask me what's going to happen next, I will fucking tell you. Oh. Because I see it already. Yeah. And that's what I have a problem with. So then it's the same thing with every Disney movie. There's a generic formula for everything. And now Disney is Marvel. There's a whole other tangent. But oh, Disney yeah. and Marvel is the same thing. Marvel is a template. And they design it the exact same way. And it's catered to a certain specific audience. And that's why I can't fucking stand it. And then so then I'm like, I want it. I want content being told to an adult. Mm. But adults don't drive the business. Adults don't beg for Netflix, Amazon, Paramount Plus, Disney Plus. They don't beg for any of this shit. Mm-mm. The kids do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't even know how we got there. That's but. an interesting. <laughs> that's I'm, you're making me rethink all of everything. I now. know all kinds. Of, we My used whole to life. Do, we used to do everything in advertising. It was the same thing. Advertising was always about a manipulation. Whenever we were setting up camera angles and shit like that, and you wanted to kind of pinpoint a specific person or a demographic or whatever, it was positioned a certain way for that reason. So mm. it, it helped you. I'll give you a little scenario if you, I mean, all these older people might know it or not know it. You ever heard of the movie Rosemary's Baby? Yes. You've seen it? Yes. Okay. Spooky? Yes. For a variety of reasons. Remember the scene where it's about halfway through, about two, I guess in the second half, where um, she comes in and her friend is telling her about the possibility of the baby arriving and all of a sudden the phone rings and then her fr- she goes into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. But the phone is just past the door opening. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the director put the camera exactly where he wanted it, right there, not seeing the phone. So when she sat there, she answered the phone. And the reason he did that is because when he played it in a theater and that scene happened, everybody in the theater, what did they do? They all shifted to the side to try to look around the door jam. Mm -hmm. Because that's what you naturally would do if you were in that scenario. Yeah. That's manipulation. Yeah. But it works in a positive way. There's so like if you watch films from yesterday, mm-hmm. there's so many of those things. But the problem with Disney and Marvel and all the bullshit that's going on today, Netflix and all this other crap, they like iron stamp it so hard right in your face. But when you start like attacking kids for it, mm-hmm. that's when I have a problem with it because yeah. it should be an adult can see it. Adult can. Oh, I know what the fuck you guys are doing. Right. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of go, no, 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 you can't watch this now. Mm-hmm. Right, but mm-hmm. they do it, and the kids consume it. And that's it. I mean, it's a different world now. So scary. <sighs> that's so scary. <laughs> Fuck. I love going back and revisiting films and watching certain things and paying attention to how it was done before and shit like that. But then I watch the new stuff, and you're like, going, "What a disappointment!" What do you like that's new? New film-wise, yeah. The for latest kids. for kids. Anything for kids. <laughs> Anything. Adam Project was shit. Was a waste of time. I'm sorry. It was crap. I'm trying to. Every Marvel movie is shit except for Iron Man, the original one. I, I just I, for kids. I don't even know. I can't even agree with the the new Batman because the new Batman is a compilation of 10, 15 very good films. 
Okay. The yeah. Joker was the same thing too. Yeah. The Joker was a compilation of of ten really classic films from the seventies and eighties. I can tell you exactly which scenes were just pulled. But Todd, uh, the director, he he basically admitted to it. He goes, I, I fucking know I'm pulling from network. I know I'm fucking pulling from King Economy. I know I do it. But that's what he was doing because you've got a generation that never seen those other films. Right? Oh. So they're not aware of those tricks. But then you watch it being regurgitated mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's from that, that's from that, that's from that. I, uh, you got me on a like lately what I've seen that I liked yeah. I had to watch the French Connection again because I haven't seen anything good in a long fucking time did you watch Encanto no <laughs> why would I watch that <laughs> I it's know. Disney it's fucking animation <laughs> it's manipulation so I can't watch that okay. no anime I want to know what is a like like safe movie that I can my daughter can watch. I would I'm actually very interested in watching Coda. Okay. I'd like to watch that. Okay. But I'm also fascinated by hearing impaired. I'm fascinated by sign sign language. Okay. Right? So that's the primary reason why I want to watch that. And I think it's finally good that Apple started making some good content because their original content sucked. Like okay. you know that Netflix was built off a of House of Cards and House of Cards was a really good show. Yeah. Except for the last season, which was a bullshit. Yeah. But it was a really well made so that I that's story that driven. But I bet you any kids don't like that show. I no, bet no, no, they no. won't get it. No, no, no. But that show is life. That show is not government, it's not politics, it's life. And kids they don't realize that the messaging in that show mm-hmm. it's really about life. It doesn't matter what age it is. Have you watched Atlanta? I want to because I'm a huge fan of Danny huge fan of it i just i have to i'm at the point where i have to tell myself yeah if i want to commit myself to a series because if i start watching it uh, and then i like it then i'm consumed for all the seasons that's the problem i have that one has quite interesting is it making it's good yeah no i I respect him a lot um and I mean, I don't know nothing about filmmaking, obviously, but it is one of those shows that really stands out on its own. And it's very unique in some of the uh, metaphors that are used yep. in some of the shots. And so. he does that on purpose. And I love yeah. that he does that. It's very it's like artistic. Yeah. It's not just like yeah. regurgitated, yeah. you know, stuff. Yeah. See, I was the same thing with. I'm not a cowboy. I fucking hate country music. Eh? Just yeah. I want everybody to know that I hate country music. I don't listen to it. You'll never find a single country tune on my phone system. Or okay. I don't have any vinyl, no CD, a country, no nothing. Right. Okay. I gave Yellowstone a try uh-huh. and I loved it. OK. I loved it because it was a different take on the Western genre. Mm-hmm. That's what I loved about it. Mm-hmm. So I gave the first episode a try and then I was sold. Like there's a certain thing that has to happen in the first episode for me to give it a try. House of Cards, he kills the dog in the first episode. In the first five seconds of the show, he yeah. kills the dog. Yeah. And I'm like, who the fuck does that? First of all, I'm a dog lover more than I hate fucking love people. So then I'm <laughs> like, why is he killing this dog? I'm interested in this character. Yeah. Yellowstone was the same thing, too. So there's a, but there's been other shows too, like Queen of the South. I liked, but then I no, was losing interest no, in it. No, I didn't. It, like it that tried one. too hard. Yeah. No. Right. There's another show on Amazon called Zero Zero Zero. Great show, but it's not going to do a second season. Mm. And it was done. It was it was shown the perspective of um, the drug dealer. Yeah. And then the drug trafficker. So you had these white privileged people that were setting up all the deals to move all the drugs across the globe. Yes. Then you had. The guys getting it from the fucking fields and packaging and getting it to the ship. Yes. And two stories were being told at the same time and yes. how that package gets to this point and how that package gets to the end product. Yes. 
that was fascinating. Only went one season, and I was like, this is fucking disappointed. What was that other show that was from multiple <laughs> perspectives? And it was, I totally forget what it's called, but it's like a husband cheats on his wife, and it shows a perspective from, like, the wife and then the mistress. Do you know which one I'm talking about? You're talking about the show, it was uh, a D- Dirty John or something like that? No. No, 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 no. It was this other one. Oh, God damn. I always, I'm terrible at remembering names. There's too much content right there. Yeah. And what's really sad is in a world of too much content, the construction content out there is absolutely horrific. Mm-hmm. It sucks. It's dated. It's set back in the early 2000s. I swear I'm watching VHS lines on it. That's like, it's like crap. <laughs> there should be more modern day, interesting construction, realistic construction content, real stories between everybody that's involved in construction from the time you purchase to the time you actually sell again. Mm-hmm. That's not pres- represented in any no. of it. No. And, and that's what I get frustrated. It's Especially like, in today's yeah. day where we're so tech savvy. Yeah. I remember back in my advertising days, I don't know if you've ever seen this commercial. You can look it up on YouTube. There's a commercial directed by Michael Bay, which I can't fucking stand because of his ego is bigger than his movies, right? But he did, he did some great commercials in his early days. He did this Levi's commercial. It's an elevator, doors open, pretty girl walks in. There's an attractive guy in there. In the span of 30 seconds, this couple, they turn, they look at each other, and they see their entire life unfold right in front of them. So they met, got married, had a kid, bought a house, did all this shit, divorced, and all of a sudden they they stop and they look at each other and they're like, nah, and then they walk out. That's storytelling. Yeah. Amazing storytelling. That shit don't go on anymore nowadays. Now it's like, let me point my product at the kid who's going to convince the parent to buy this fucking product that I know Mm -hmm. that is bad for you. Mm Mm-hmm. So I have a problem with that at that point, yeah. right? I don't even yeah. know how the fuck we got onto that. I don't know but how we got there. I've been itching to get on my nephew's podcast because he has a film podcast. Yeah. And I always tell him, I go, listen, fucker. <laughs> they always made, they made films before you guys were born. Eh? You guys know that, right? Mm-hmm. Like they made really good films before you guys were born. Right. But the one saving grace that he actually did one time was he came up to me for Christmas for a gift. And he asked me if I can get him a Martin Scorsese collection. And he was like maybe 16, 17, I thought. Okay, he's old enough to go take a look at a, a Martin Scorsese collection. I couldn't find for the life of me a collection, so I ended up getting a Clint Eastwood collection, like 25 films of Clint Eastwood. And I'm like, you know what? This is good. This will get him from Dirty Harry all the way to fucking Unforgiven. He'll get a nice gamut of cinema, and he should learn. Because the modern-day shit, he's not going to learn from. Yeah. That's the scary part. So I don't even know what the filmmakers are making these days. So when you talk about content and all this other shit, it's hard. I don't know, like, kid-wise the last good thing listen i love up up will always make me cry yeah i love up for what it is all about yeah like it's done perfectly yeah emotionally characters yeah the notes are perfect the animation's stunning yeah up is amazing i was a little disappointed in soul i thought soul could have been better yeah soul was great but it could have been better in my opinion i think so that's probably the more recent one that i saw I love animated. Movies. I do love animated, but it's got to be a certain animation. Like, did you up. see the one that's based in Toronto, the Turning Red? No, because someone told me that's basically about period. No. Oh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> this is what he told me. This is what I, I. There's none of that. I'll go watch Clifford before I watch Turning Red. It's not that she doesn't get that her. Her so-called, you know, that time, she turns into a fox. Okay. 
She doesn't get a, men, a menses. We'll say that. <laughs> so oh she God. becomes a fox. Yeah. So there was this show in the 70s called Manimal or early 80s called Manimal. Look it up. Okay. This would have been like, I, mean, I don't mean to cut you off or anything like that, but this guy had the ability to either become a bird, a panther. What was the third animal? Fuck, I can't remember the third animal. So he would transform into these animals. I never understood how a human body can turn into a fucking bird. I understood how he can turn into a panther. Yes. But I never understood the bird part. But there yeah. was a third animal too. I can't remember what it was. It, was an, it wasn't an elephant. It made no sense. It wasn't a fox? But it was, no, it wasn't a fox. But it was called Manimal. Look it up. Okay. Pure cheese. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but still good entertainment. Shit like okay, that needs good. to come back. So yeah. you liked Turning Red? I liked that it was based out of Toronto. It was very cool. It's cool. I think it was cute. I love, listen, me and my daughter, that's our thing. We watch movies. We'll get the popcorn. It's a whole thing. We'll do our toenails. We'll do pedicures. We watch a movie. She loves it, right? Like, and it's cute. It was about But that girl. experience is great. Yeah, just it's in choose Toronto. A choose a better film, that's all. Just that's why I'm wondering. We do love anime as well, like the Studio Ghibli, Ghibli like Spirited Away. I don't even know what it's you're like talking about. It's like a little about. bit of old school anime, kids animation. Okay. Um, so we love that stuff. We love those movies. We have the artwork all over the house as well. So. so let me ask you a question that might ruffle your feathers or someone listening's feathers. Okay. Because I know that Disney's been very vocal. Yeah. About actually making animation with transgender characters in it. What about it? Are you totally fine with that? With Disney making... N- no, with watching a movie with your seven-year-old with a main character being a transgender character and discussing transgenderism. Yeah. You're totally fine with that? Totally. A seven-year-old's ready for that? We watch RuPaul's Drag Race. He doesn't really touch upon that. Like, Disney's trying to be more specific. Yeah. You know, it's just life. And the, the way that I look at it is that our kids are going to expose, going to be exposed to it regardless. Sure. So... I'm going to explain it to her as young as possible and I'm going to desensitize it because I don't want her to be the asshole kid that is going and saying derogatory things because they've been uneducated on the matter. Okay, so let me ask you this. Would you let your child now watch Eddie Murphy Delirious or Raw? I don't know. No, like it's too it's too much swearing and it's she wouldn't understand that she wouldn't be interested in it. But they're gonna be exposed to that anyway in the real world. She does listen to Lil Wayne and Megan the Stallion in the car with me. She does she does. I I'm a cool mom. I should have put that out there. I'm a cool mom. So my daughter she's allowed to behind closed doors with me and her she sings a song with me she says profanities i've trained her to understand that around me but with me and you we can be one way but if we're in front of grandma and grandpa don't say those words well 100 percent, right but to listen to like i i reference eddie murphy's raw and delirious because it's just a precursor to richard Pryor's stand-up right and i think these are three stand-ups that would get attacked today for yeah. whatever the content that was shared there, right? Just because of how life is today. But it's the same thing that a child at that age can watch this and listen to it and know what is right or wrong or when you can or can't. It's the same thing with me when I had my nieces and nephew ask me, can you come in and speak for my class, film class, because you're in the business at the time. And then they would say like to me, can you make sure you don't swear? And I was like, of course, there's there's a, a green light, yeah. red light, right? Yeah. So I would come in and it'd be totally clean, but I'm still expressing the same love and passion about the film industry yes. and what you should do. 
I'm a better person because I watched Eddie Murphy Raw and Delirious and Richard Pryor's and Chappelle. I see their perspectives and their point of views. Yeah. And I know when I can use it, mm-hmm. right? The thing is that when you've got a corporation like Disney who's trying to feed that stuff specifically to a, an absorbing generation. I know, but also our younger generations are craving that. The younger generations are fighting for the rights, for the different pronouns, for all the freedom of their sexual preferences. Like there is a demand for that. The older generations, you know, they're not super supportive of it. But our Gen Zs, they will. Bl- I bet the box office would blow out with a movie about something like that. I don't think so. You don't think so? Because Disney stock is dropping like a rock. What do you think? What are the negative effects? There is no negative effects. Like, first of all, I joke that I hate everybody equally, right? It's just, it's just a joke. But the thing is, I get along with everybody. doesn't yeah. matter what race, sexual orientation, mm-hmm. religious beliefs. doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. I don't have a hatred, you know, whatever, because something happens and all of a sudden you're the minority or you're the culture that yeah. is attacked or attacked to it, right? Yeah. I don't judge you based on that. I judge you based on what you do to me or any of my loved ones. So if you hurt me or if you hurt a loved one of mine, I form an opinion about you at that point. And mm-hmm. that opinion is not based on your color of skin, on your religious, right. your sexual right. orientation. It's just I get along with everybody equally. What I don't support is anything being force fed mm, to a community. I understand. Right? I understand. Because the thing is, I have Just a very good techniques. friend. Yeah. I have a very good friend who's religious. Yes. I'm not. We get along really well. Once in our lifetime, and I've known this kid, like, kid, I've known this guy since he was 16 years old. Yeah. Same with me, right? Yeah. He's 51, I'm 50. So we've had one argument about religion. We just didn't agree with it, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, I think it has something to do with every war is basically start on religion, right? So yeah. explain that one. But whatever, right? So we had one argument, didn't speak for a long time. We made up, we apologized, and we've been friends ever since, never had a problem with it, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you can't come up to me and tell me that I'm wrong because I don't believe in what you're saying. No. Because I'm not coming up to you to tell you that you're wrong because of what exactly. you believe in. Right. But I find that a lot of that is being pushed by the narrative to say that you're wrong because you don't want to even discuss it or you don't want to even let it be a part of the conversation. I'm saying, I'm not saying that I don't want to be a part of the conversation. I just don't think that a seven-year-old or a 10-year-old needs to have that conversation. Mm-hmm. I don't think they do. Mm-hmm. And if they are going to have that conversation, I think in all fairness, they should have it with the parents. Yes. Not with strangers, not with teachers, not with a school system that has agendas. You first have to go through the parent. I think the parent. Yeah. Well, I think that's a valid point that you're making. It's yeah. not that you're against it being out there. Never it's have. It's the delivery. Never have. And I can understand, especially with your background in filmmaking and how almost predatory Disney's techniques and methods yeah. can be. Yeah. So that makes sense when Which you break it down. Which makes me... Ner- I'm not a parent, and I really feel for you guys who are parents... Because they are turning out so much content. And if you watch it again, there's a lot of underlining stuff that's going on. And if you watch films like Up, it's not there. Mm -hmm. If you watch Lion King, it's not there. Yeah. Because those stories were told a certain way, right? But Mm -hmm. the stuff today, it's there. And why is it there? It doesn't need to be there. It's still the same demographic. The audience is still the same targeted demographic. Yes. But why is it there now? That's interesting. I'm going to go back and watch all the movies with a different eye and not let my Oh, I'll watch Up once a year easily because I love that movie. I love that movie. That movie's amazing. That's a great, I love the little boy. Yeah. He's my favorite. 
Well, we went on a little tangent. I mean, I, I love that we discussed that, but I also love that you've actually built your business on like social media, that you've built yes. a network based on social media when a lot of people in construction are somewhat dismissing it. Whether I guess it's because it's difficult because it is a second time. It's, like, it's a, another job. It's your second part-time job, right? No. It's not? You don't no. look at it that way? Like no. how much time do you spend focusing on social media? Because the way that I do it and the, and the way that I preach on how to do it, I've made it a natural part of my life. I don't set up the ring camera and make a script and figure out what I'm going to do. You and, just do and it. Point. I'm literally like, hey, I'm here at this podcast with my boy, Manny. This is what we're talking about. And I think for all of your everyone you know in construction, I would really urge them to download the app, consume it, and just start flipping up some videos. Give yourself a challenge of doing 10 videos and just showing the work that you've done. You don't have to play into all the gimmicks. You don't have to do all the effects. Just show who you are. Have your three to five pillars, you know, and have fun with it. Don't just make it only about construction. Like I said, if you like if you work in construction, but you like cars, you like podcasts, you like filmmaking. Right. Have conversations about those topics and meet people you know, who are interested in those topics. And then you'll find that the clients will just start to come to you and you won't be, you know, prospecting. You'll put yourself in a position where clients are prospecting you. I agree with you a hundred percent. It's exactly what happens. You just, that's how I grew up my Instagram following. And I'm just trying to figure out all my TikTok following, trying to figure out how to grow it. But yeah, I got to do more research and try to pay attention to it because the audience is there. But don't think too much into it is is the main just thing do I want to tell. Yeah, just start. Give okay. yourself a challenge of like 10 videos and you'll see the metrics will be far beyond your impressions of what you're getting on Instagram. And um, once you consume a little bit, it is a lot of fun. There's a lot of fun on there. There's a lot of jokes. It's really cool. So... All right, Bethany, thank you so much for being on the show. I got one last segment to do here, which we always have fun with. I'm okay. curious about your answers. But okay. first of all, Bethany King. Uh, I should sent- make a TikTok. Go ahead if you want, me, while, while I'm saying TikTok. this or what. Yeah, we're going to make a TikTok. Go we- ahead, do see it. See how easy that is, how we can do that right there? Okay, let's go. <laughs> so, all right, so we got to wrap it up. Bethany King, Century 21 Millennium Real Estate Broker. Website is wwwking estate.ca and then the email to reach her is Bethany at King estate.ca and on Instagram and TikTok it's Bethany X King. X. You're two X's away from being pornographic. <laughs> <laughs> it's always good to be two X's away from actually is it two X's like two X relationships or two X's <laughs> that's, two, that's how it sounds like when I first said it. All right, are you ready for the twelve questions of construction? Yes. Okay. All right, you still doing a video? Yes. Still doing it. All right, so 12 questions. Ready? What is your favorite construction word? Hammer. What is your least favorite construction word? Vinyl. Yeah, I don't like vinyl either. Gross. What turns you on in construction? Power drills. Any particular <laughs> brand? What color? Black ones. Black ones? There's no black ones. In there my should world, be a black one. Are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What turns you off in construction? Vinyl. You, you just don't like vinyl, right? No. What is your favorite curse word? Fuck. What is your favorite vehicle? Anything in the world? Um, I don't know. A fucking Range Rover. What is your least favorite vehicle? 
Hyundai. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you love? The... Okay, we all know what that is. All right. <laughs> what construction sound or noise do you hate? Um, nails on a chalkboard. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day? Go back to government? Fuck no. <laughs> I want to be... I don't know if this is a profession, but after real estate, I plan to get a house in the middle of nowhere and just be a hippie and have a garden and just live my life by the moon. If someone pays you, it's a profession. There you go. Just get a paycheck for it. What profession would you not like to do? Working back in the government. Government. Yeah. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? <sighs> Didn't think you would make it. <laughs> <laughs> Bethany, thank you so much. I'm so glad that Michelle connected us and, yeah. and, and put us together. And thank you so much for the advice. There. Well, oh. We won't say shit about no, that. No, no. Not yet. But uh, I really appreciate you helping me with that. And honestly, this has been a great conversation. Yeah. And, I, and, and you've shared quite a bit. And I hope the, uh, the Neanderthals that listen to this show will actually appreciate what you've shared. So thank you. Uh, everybody check her out again. It's www.king-realestate.ca and Bethany at king-realestate.ca and on TikTok and Instagram, but mostly TikTok. Yes, sir. Bethany X King. One X. One X. That's it. We out of here. That's it. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you.